On today's show, we're talking gumbo, but not Cajun gumbo, and pretty girls for our dating site, and then the Shure MV88 sure is good. gas has always challenged technology. Now it's time for tech to challenge back. Come hear how the best minds in the industry are making those solutions a reality on the Oil & Gas Technology Podcast with your host, Mark LaCour. So before we get into the show any deeper, if you're a fan, do me a favor, leave us a review on iTunes. Audience that you're listening on the podcast, we're actually recording this live from the Smart Contracts Conference, and I have an awesome guest today. I have Andrew Bruce with me, so just Drew. How you doing today, Drew? I'm doing very well, thank you. Oh, you sound good, too. Now, Drew, you're the CEO of a company called Data Gumbo. That's correct. Where did you get the Gumbo name from? Oh, Data Gumbo. First of all, it's really hard to find a domain name which is unique, but the problem we were trying to solve is you've got trying to pr provide an integrator for the oil and gas industry because you've got multiple different vendors with multiple different formats of data that don't work well together. So we were trying to position ourselves as integrators for all that data. So the idea of taking a bunch of data, putting it into a pot, stirring it up, making it taste good, and you get gumbo. Yeah, and you don't sound like you're from South Louisiana. So where did you first experience gumbo? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> I, I came to Houston in 1989. So probably right around then. Yeah. So one of the things I think is really cool is y'all just got another round of funding. And we had some interesting discussions about that around momentum and actually things like dating. So tell that story. So, yeah, <laughs> thank you for that. Yeah, so we were funded recently by Saudi Aramco Ventures and Equinor Technology Ventures. And the whole analogy is if you were going to start a dating site, how would you start a dating site? Because you can't start a dating site without pretty girls there. That's right. So you have to have pretty girls before you get guys. And if you want to get guys, you get pretty girls. So how do you find pretty girls? How do you, how do you get the dating site off the ground? And it's the same problem we have. We have a blockchain as a service. So how do we get momentum within the blockchain as a service network to get? So Equinor and Saudi Aramco Ventures act as our pretty girls, if you like, so that now we've got anchor tenants who are going to be using our technology for supply chain and for their, their business. So now we can start working with some of their, their, their vendors, their suppliers, their contractors. So then we start the flywheel turning of momentum for this network business model. Yeah, so you're going to have a user base of global proportions, which is going to be really cool. That's correct. So you talked about your technology a little bit. Let's go a little bit deeper in that. So I understand what blockchain is, but Data Gumbo is not just a blockchain company. That's correct. Yeah. So as I alluded to at the very beginning, we started out as a, a data integrator. It's being able to integrate data across multiple different vendors. So we built that data. So basically, it's an IoT platform. So if you're going to have a blockchain solution, you need a data platform. Where are you going to get the data from? Because if I've got a contract for, for a, a, between a drilling contract and an operator, where is the data kind of come from to satisfy the execution of that contract? You have to go back to the source of the data. So can I tell you a quick story about yeah, how we course. got into blockchain? So we got into blockchain almost by accident or to solve a specific problem. We were talking to a super major oil and gas company and their drilling contractor about benchmarking performance of rigs in the Gulf of Mexico. And the super major made the amazing statement that if they could save a minute per drill pipe connection, they could save $250 million a year. 
That's a big number. Which is a number even that they were interested in. So the obvious question is, well, why are they not solving that problem? So they, they said that they can't get the drilling contractors to work with them. Well, I used to work for an OEM, but actually two OEMs, and I know for a fact that they can save that minute per drill pipe connection. So I went to the contractors with the, with the, the operator's permission and said, why are you not solving this? This company is prepared to share this 250 million with you. And they said, we don't trust that the operator will ever pay us the bonus portion of the contract. They will use the negotiation of the performance contract to get our day rate down, and then they always find a reason not to pay the bonus. So I, uh, I done some research on, uh, on blockchain, and, and I went back to them. I said, look, if we can capture the terms of this performance contract electronically in a smart contract, and we can provide each of you a distributed ledger so you've both got an exact same copy of the transactions and all the, all the, the contract language and everything else you need to satisfy the contract, we can automate that transaction and you take all the human interpretation out of it so that you have an opportunity to, or you have for the first time actually, you have the ability to automate that transaction, take any human interpretation out of it and satisfy the terms of the performance contract. Fast forward a couple of months, I presented this at an International Association of Drilling Contractors conference, and I said, hey, here's a way of automating performance contracts, which have always been a challenge for the industry. And they came up to me afterwards and said, well, if you can automate the performance contract, you can automate any contract. So that's the day we became a blockchain company, because that's an interesting problem to solve. Yeah, so it's fascinating. So up until recently, basically the operators and their vendors would connect systems you're doing the same thing if i'm understanding it right but you're doing it through smart contracts that's correct and so because there's a blockchain layer you can't fudge anything you can't change anything everybody knows what's going on so it's total transparency that's exactly correct yes yeah what a cool just a different way of thinking about things yeah what i love about it is it's not a win-lose situation it's a win-win situation i can tell you it's it's interesting talking to people because they say you're actually going to really execute on the terms of this contract, like, yes. So people are becoming very deliberate on what they're trying to actually put on the blockchain because there is no fudging. But what you do is you, what it, that enables for the service companies and the, the contractors is they can get their day sales outstanding from typically the average today is 90, 120 days. They can get it down to today or at least the, to the terms of the contract. And the operator gets the opportunity to manage their spend better and have complete visibility onto the whole expenditure. Yeah, that DSO, that day sales outstanding, it's a huge problem in this industry. And you, the native transparency and speed of your contracts automatically fixes that problem. That's exactly correct. Yeah, to me, that's the, that's the most exciting thing about this is it's, it's one of the biggest problems that any company has. How do you, you, know, how do you, get, your, how do you get paid quicker? Yeah, so it's cool. So that means that CFOs and comptrollers out in the oil and gas industry would benefit a lot from, from doing this because it, it eliminates or greatly diminishes day sales outstanding. Absolutely, yes. How cool is it that a CFO may be looking at what y'all are doing? You know, that is awesome. Yeah, it's actually, it's actually interesting because it goes to the question of who do you sell to? So with the, the case of Diamond Offshore, Mark Edwards was the visionary who said, no, this is something we want to do with the, the blockchain drilling. So I think that he deserves a lot of credit for taking that stance. So CEOs are the ideal people. It's interesting because you can't, you can't go to middle management, really, because they're not authorized to make a strategic decision, which is really what this is. Because you, you can't, well, in my opinion, you shouldn't just try and automate the way you do business today. You should say, okay, how could we do business differently and take advantage of this amazing opportunity? Yeah, and so the, the next thing that pops in my head, is, and you know this, is that most operators, especially the majors and the super majors, have multiple joint ventures around the world. It's a way to mitigate their risk. 
But a lot of times that joint venture is with a knock, a nationalized oil company that may have local content or local currency or whatever. And that's always a mess. Those joint venture contracts are a mess. This has to be a great way to clean that up. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly correct. So joint interest billing, joint interest partners, how the ability to take all the expenses, put those on a, in a, in a smart contract, and then also the, the revenue sharing after the fact, you can capture all of that in a smart contract and you take alleviate all of that. Uh, I think somebody said you can, the, uh, Darren said it, he said, you, Darren Shelton from Moran, he said that you have a dispute which you could settle with the money in your wallet, but because of human ego or whatever else, it doesn't. So you can you can capture the terms of the contract electronically and and just streamline the whole process. And can the contract trigger payment? Because that's yes. always the mess is what reports do I need to get in to hit what production numbers or whatever so I can get paid? Yeah, exactly. So not only can you get paid, but you can also do your governmental reporting as well. So I mean, one of the big questions is how do, how do we how do we report to the government as well? So you, there can be as many participants as, as are authorized on one of these chains. So not only can you do an automated payment, but you can also do all the regulatory reporting as well. That's incredible. And I, I'm guessing that, because I know that regulatory report in the Gulf of Mexico is radically different what's in the North Sea, which is different off the coast of Australia, blah, blah, blah. But the smart contract will know that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, you know the location that you're operating in, and, and basically any tax regulations or governmental reporting regulations or anything else, they can be applied uh, to the to contract. And so, how does Data Gumbo actually bring this to market? Is this a software as a service model? Yes, it's a software as a service model. That, that's exactly correct. So, the benefit for our customers is that they don't have to try and figure out which blockchain to use or how to implement a blockchain or how to get their blockchain. So let's say you've got an operator and a contractor. If they're not using the same implementation of a blockchain, you've got to have some kind of a consortium mechanism to have, to have a, exactly the same implementation. With us, it's much more like a LinkedIn invite. So I want to do business with you. I send you a LinkedIn invite or I send you a, a data gumbo invite and you say, I'll accept that. Now we can start negotiating a contract. We don't have to spend a year trying to figure out how we're going to standardize on uh, how we're going to do business or how we're going to implement a blockchain. And so let me ask you the other side. So one of the things I've seen a lot with these joint ventures is when the joint venture is over, there's literally sometimes months of work by IT staff to disconnect those systems because it's a security risk, right? Yeah. With a smart contract, you don't worry about that at all, do you? You just turn it off. Just turn it off. Yeah. And I, I would go, there's another use case which is very interesting, which is the if you go to the private equity companies and they've got all these portfolio companies, EMP portfolio companies, they want to be able to prove the production of their asset, right, which is an EMP company, the closing of that, let's say they sell, that they have a find and they sell that, uh, that, that portfolio company to a super major, how do you close that? How do you prove the production? Well, if it's all on a blockchain, you're done. Wow. Because I know how it's done now. It's done on paper, right? And it's, it's five-inch binders. It's a room full of five-inch binders going back, looking at fuel production reports and everything else. And quite honestly, especially if it's a larger, small operator, a lot of times they fudge those numbers. Like they can they can ramp up production to make it look a certain way, but that's not a long term thing. With smart contracts, you can't fool the contract. You can't fool it. No, it's got a you've got an immutable record which can't no one party can unilaterally change. It has to be you, you can't. So, so you actually bring up a good point that I don't know myself. So, what happens with between the joint parties if there's something they both want to change? Like there was an error that creeped in. They both have to approve the change? Yeah, well, you can't change it. You so can't change it. You can't change it. Just think like a bank account. Let's say you, you have a transaction that you, that you dispute. The original transaction still stands, but you have a credit or a debit against that transaction. Oh, that's so cool. So you actually get to see 
that people saw it and then it was corrected or not corrected, but all that is there all the time. That's correct. Yeah, so it really is a mutable record. I mean, like, literally nothing disappears off you, of it. Well, one party can change it, but everybody knows about it. So, in effect, you can't because you can't, you can't do it unilaterally, which is one of, the, one of the huge benefits, obviously. And then, obviously, maybe or maybe not obviously, the benefit that comes from that is audit, right? So, when it comes to an audit time, you just pull up the, the ledger and you can see all the transactions that have happened. No, that makes total sense. So instead of having bringing a third-party team of people to comb through your file cabinets of people's personal computers, everything's just right there for whoever's auditing. Yeah, we've spoken to a couple of oil companies, and they say they do an audit, internal audit, before they do the audit with the external auditors because they don't want any findings. Right. With this, you don't have to do it because it's, all, it's already there. So you'd skip that whole internal audit process. So we have a funny story. We originally met in Calgary, Canada, not knowing that we office in the same building in Houston, Texas. But, but Drew, y'all have grown dramatically. When we first met, you had like three people. How many are you up to now? About 34. That's, that's crazy, that type of growth. Did you expect to grow that quickly? Absolutely not, no. <laughs> when I first introduced the idea of blockchain to oil and gas uh, two years ago, I, I literally said, I know you guys are going to laugh at me because I knew them pretty well. I know you guys are going to laugh at me, but I had this crazy idea about using blockchain to solve this problem of mistrust. And I was right. They did laugh at me. But I think Rebecca Hoffman here is, deserves huge credit for what she's done with the Oil and Gas uh, Operators Consortium because that's created another huge wave of momentum so that we're not, we're not a startup howling in the wind. We've got the, you've got the whole industry who is looking at blockchain, looking at use cases. So you know, the funding that we've got from Equinor and Saudi Aramco Ventures and you've got the Operators Blockchain Consortium is creating a huge amount of momentum and we're just lucky we're riding the wave right i mean so that's uh better to be lucky than good as my dad said yeah so you're sort of like us you just lucked up and started at the right time in the right place yep it is amazing to watch the super majors adopt blockchain and smart contracts as fast as they did because you know the shells and the chevrons and the exons of the world they don't make quick decisions unless it's 100 percent done and, and they've, all, they've all jumped into this, which is, just makes more sense. This could drive efficiencies. This could drive cost savings. The other thing, though, that I think people don't think about is you need less people. Now, every time I say this, people start saying, oh, you're taking my jobs. No, Andrew is not taking your jobs. Andrew's making your job easier, much easier. But because you need less man hours to do stuff, there's less incidents, less lost time incidents. And hs and &E is a huge driver industry, as you know. Who would have ever thought that a little bit of technology later in the right way would actually help people stay safe? Yeah, let me, let me kind of go back to your statement a minute ago. We're not taking away people's jobs, but we're, we're actually letting people do the job they were hired to do. So we were talking to a drilling engineer recently, and he said, you know, I was hired to be a drilling engineer, but all, all I am is an invoice engineer. I just chase paper all day long. I'm not doing anything to do with my drilling engineering career. If I could use your blockchain, then I could actually go back to being a, drill, a drilling engineer and do my job. So it's, you're right, it is a safety, it is a safety benefit, but it's also it's allowing people to specialize on what they're good at and take away all the mundane stuff that's boring as hell. Yeah, it used to always amaze me. I'd watch large oil and gas companies hire engineers for top dollar, and then that engineer spent a lot of his career combing through Word docs and Excel spreadsheets. That's not what he, went to, he or she went to school for. Right. There's another example of that. We automated the execution of the ExxonMobil charter party agreement between an oil company and a shipping company. And guess how they do it today? They, they use track changes in Word, and they, they use email. So each clause in the contract is negotiated separately, an email between two people. Well, what happens if one of those people goes on vacation or leaves the company? 
you've lost all track of that. And how on earth, if an incident happens, God forbid, an incident happens, how do you find which clause was actually valid at the time? Because it's hidden, in, it is a clause within an email trail. And how do you how do you associate that with the base contract? Yeah, and I actually had this happen to me where we are using the track change features in Word for contract negotiations, and we all accepted everything. And what I didn't do, my fault, is I didn't read the final version compared to the last one. And they went in, and they changed some of the language, and I signed it. Right, that's the default. You can do that in Word when you're using track changes. Whereas with the smart contracts, that would have never happened. Right, that's correct. Yeah, you would, you have the complete final version that both sides e-sign off on. And then the beautiful thing about it is some clauses in that contract are, are executable. That's like weights and speeds and heights and volumes. Those can become, or they do become, the executable terms of the smart contract. So you tie the smart contract to the legal natural language contract, which then becomes the, the you can use that to execute the actual voyage underway. You can use that for we use it for shipping, but you could use it for basically anything. For anything, yeah. yeah. And we all know supply chain's an issue in our industry, no matter what anybody says. Hey, it looks like we have a visitor. Paige Wilson, you want to come grab a microphone? How you doing? Hold, hold on, hold on. No, no, yes. Yes, you're getting a microphone. Thank you, you get Paige. away from the speaker. Yeah, so really, you need to be talking to Drew and, and his company. Yeah. You live in Sugarland? I just know Noble Energy well. I, I've known y'all forever, yeah. Oh, Noble Drilling, you're right. That's So Noble Energy, we spoke... Oh, what are the odds of that? Yeah. That's a, you dated yourself just now. That's a long time ago. And audience, you can't hear her, but we're having a conversation with, <laughs> with somebody that's interested in smart contracts, which is great, because you know what? This is actually the Smart Contracts Conference. You're in the right place. <laughs> she didn't want to be on the microphone. I completely understand. <laughs> hey, so this is the Oil & Gas Technology Podcast. So we'll get this edited and we'll go out. We have the top eight oil & Gas podcasts in the world, including the Oil & Gas Legal Podcast. So feel free to check it out. So we got a bunch of people out there eating. Got Paige walking around with the microphone. Do we have any questions for Drew or myself? How's the food? Oh, the food's awesome. That's good. It's, it looks good. We do have one question. Okay. So just curious how you see yourself working with existing infrastructure, or do you feel like you have to come in and replace most of it? Wow. Absolutely not replace everything. If you were to talk to Diamond Offshore, you, they would describe it as a thin light fabric. So part of what I like about our, our business model is, that, as we discussed, it's a, it's a software as a service model. So you can you subscribe to our software, and if you don't like it, you turn it off. We're not replacing anything. We're not taking anything out. We're utilizing infrastructure that's already there. So it could be software systems. It could be sensors. The thing, I think that one of the drivers that are going to result from a blockchain implementation is you have to have reliable sensors, you have to have reliable sources of data. So I think that you're going to see people, and we're already seeing it, we're seeing people invest in more reliable sensor technology to make sure you've got better results. Or you're seeing new sensors being put in place to measure different, so an example is, let's say truck ticketing. So rather than signing a field ticket, you would say, I put a flow meter on a tank, so I know exactly how much water has been taken, and you can make an automated payment based on how much water was taken as opposed to going through a field ticket and invoicing process, which takes you know, 120 days. And it's full of errors. And it's, it's full of a lot of things, yes. Yeah. <laughs> deliberate and not deliberate. It is a good point, though, the fact that you don't have to replace any existing infrastructure. It's just something that comes in to help you run your company more effectively and efficiently. That's correct. I mean, I will say, that, I mean, it's been said a couple of times today, but organizational change management is a big deal because you just saying I'm going to automate the existing process is kind of a waste of time. So... Uh, I would encourage people to think about, okay, how do I 
think about it more strategically. And if I could improve it, how would I improve it? Yeah, in a lot of ways, you're not automating an existing process. You're bringing a, a more efficient process in the door. That's much correct. more efficient process. That's correct. Yeah. So I, I think of it much, very much like a lean manufacturing. I don't know if you've ever done any value stream mapping, but you draw out the existing process and you ask the question, why do we do this step? And why do we do this step? And why do we do this step? And then you take a, what was a 20-step process and you take, take it into a two-step process. And that's how you should be thinking about this. You should be drawing the process on the wall. And that's something that we offer when, when somebody wants to go through that process. You can call us. We do it for free. Yeah. And from my point of view, I really don't like spending a lot of time dealing with contracts. That's something that should take care of itself and it should be fair to everybody. And if you're a big company doing global operations, you have teams of people all around the world constantly negotiating contracts. So this is a great way to actually have all that stuff happen just like it should. Yeah. In fact, I would go one step further than that, because if you if you go and ask any oil and gas company in this room, you'll probably find just the just within the drilling department, you've got on the low side, 50 people and on the high side, I've heard 150 people and their job every month is to reconcile invoices. That's all they do. And in fact, you'll find some oil companies who negotiate hard, they negotiate a discount for their services, but they don't realize those, those discounts because they have so many invoices coming in, they can't possibly process them. So there's one company who has a million dollars in pre-negotiated discounts that they lose every single month because they can't get through all the invoices. Yeah, unfortunately, I know that story. You know, I know more like it. That's a very common thing that happens in the industry. Or even though they, neg they negotiate different terms, the field ticket has different T's and C's on the back, and that's a mess in itself. And once again, y'all fix all of that. That's correct, yes. Yeah. So, Drew, we actually do product reviews in this show. Isn't this cool? Sure microphone? That's very cool. Yeah, so this is the Shure MV88. This allows you to have much higher quality audio and it plugs directly into iPhone. So sorry, Android users, you don't get to use this. But we're actually record just a little bit of audio here. The advantage here, Drew, is that not only is it a better microphone, but you have software that runs in an app where I can control the directional pickup of the microphone. So I can make it very narrow, very wide. It also has a windscreen. So if you're one of those people that are always shooting selfie videos outside, I think this microphone might be for you. But I'm going to go ahead and record some audio with it. This, uh, this audio that you're hearing now, Emin will chop in, is actually coming from the Shure MV88 uh, iPhone microphone, and hopefully it sounds pretty good. And if you want one of these, we'll put a link in the show notes. And if you're listening to everything that's going on, you might want to think about joining our street team. So we have a global group of volunteers. You get to be part of our press team if we're in your geographic area. You get cool swag, shirts, and everything. All we ask is for an hour worth of work a week. And if you can't do it, we don't care because we know life gets in the way. So if you want to join our street team, go to the show notes. Either swipe up or left, depending if you're on iOS or Android. Click on the street team link and go join the Facebook group. And then I want to give a big shout out, Andrew, to uh, Flutura, who's actually the sponsor of the show. You know, Flutura is an AI company. Everything that we've done with this show has all been made possible by Flutura. So they're all about actions, not insights. And then, because of Flutour, we got this awesome giveaway. Look at that bag, Andrew. Isn't that cool? That's awesome. Yeah, it's Can labeled. I have one? Actually, we'll see about getting you one, maybe. <laughs> this custom tech bag, it's a Port Authority cyber backpack. All you do is go to getflutour.com forward slash podcast OGGN. Once again, that link will be in the show notes. You go sign up for that. We give one away a week. And then, if you're out on the web anyway, go ahead and go to oilandgastechpodcast.com. That's the home of this show. Give us your email address. We promise never to spam you. And we'll let you know when we do some really cool stuff. And while you're doing stuff online, go ahead and join the LinkedIn group. It's OGGN. Microsoft's done really good with LinkedIn. It's getting much less spammy. Join the group. I think we're over 2,000 members right now. Well, Andrew, this has been really awesome. If people wanted to find out more about your company, where should they go? 
www.datagumbo.com. Yep. And we'll put a link in the show notes for that. And if people want to learn about you personally, I'm guessing LinkedIn. LinkedIn is a great place to find out more about me. And yes, it's the best place. <laughs> I was going to say Facebook, but I keep that for private. <laughs> yeah, let's not do the Facebook thing. I actually got a funny story about that. Speaking of technology, I introduced one of the CIOs to Chevron at, about 20 years ago to Facebook. So he keep track of his daughters when she's going to college. That Saturday morning, I got a call from him. He had opened it in front of his wife, and the first person that reached out to friend him was a woman he had dated for seven years. We met his wife. <laughs> so there's my bad Facebook story. All right, so Drew, thank you very much. We need to get out of here. So, folks, we just want to make sure that you don't get left behind one episode at a time. And now it's time for Julie with Events on Deck. Hey, everyone, it's Julie here with the Events on Deck for May 2019. We have our Midland Happy Hour on May 21st at Midland Beer Garden, and it will be from 6 to 9. And then we have our Houston Happy Hour, and it's going to be at the Cannon from 6 to 9 on May 28th. This month, we have the Oil and Gas Smart Contracts Conference on May 15th and 16th, and we will actually be launching another one of our new podcasts live from that event. So check it out. The link is in the show notes. We have the Merge Market Energy Forum on May 21st. At, it's in Houston. Just check that out in the show notes. And then we have a charity event, Golf for Good. That's a golf charity event for Redeemed Ministries. That's going to be on June 11th, 2019. And they are still looking for sponsors. So check that out in our show notes and If you want to sponsor or register, just click the link in the show notes. And that is it for the month of May. Some events on deck in the the coming months. We have Shoot for the Future, a clay shoot on Friday, July 26th. And then NAPES and the NAPES Summer is coming up in August. And that is it for our upcoming events. Check us out next week for another entertaining and yet useful episode of Oil & Gas Tech Podcast, a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. Learn more at OGGN.com.